0: Welcome to That Comic Smell Podcast With your hosts David Robertson And Tom Stewart With special guests Rebecca Horner And
1: Katrina Laird sitting at home. What is I, I still never played that. It's so it's good. It's really yeah. good. It was my favourite game of last year. It's a
0: game. Can you get it on Mac? Just on Switch Steam? Yes. Yes,
1: okay. I've got Mac so you can definitely play can... it. I think it's also on console now? I got it on PS4 so yes.
0: No, I'm not, I'm not. I'm not that affluent. <laughs> <laughs> Literally still on a, a 360 that's dying of oh, yeah. death. Oh um, yeah. Yeah, I have I wanted to play it. Who's it's your favourite
1: character? There. Oh, I can't choose. I love them all though. <laughs> They're all my children. Because
2: um, I'm like hardline Beatrice is my favorite. Yeah, by far.
1: I could, I could, I could see, I can see her in you. So yes. <laughs> um, I'm a big fan of May. So, uh, but also Greg. Yeah. yeah. Stabby
2: stab stab. Stabby boys. It's good. You should play it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm
3: gonna go. go.
0: <laughs> I keep seeing it's like, it's a bit kind of like, a, from the visual you wouldn't be able to tell what it. Is and then mm. the people speak about that. I'm like, okay, that's totally yeah. different from it. It's what? got a
1: very deep story, yeah. Um, and uh, a lot of just like fun mechanics. It's not like you just have to keep clicking and then the story unfolds, it's like you have like stuff to do and choices as well. Like, you can choose to go down one path and talk to these people or these people, you don't get to talk to all of them in the same monitor oh, yeah. of the game, which I didn't know the first time. So, <laughs> it's got a lot of Replayability and also they've updated it so it's the Weird Autumn version now. Um, uh. I don't know if that matters on PS4, I think that might just you might have just had the Weird Autumn version, but I it think has I extras. Have yeah, version. it has extras which I haven't actually played because I played it when it sort of first came out, so I need to replay it. But I'm replaying it for a friend, I want to stream it for her because she hasn't played it and I want to experience it with her. But she lives in Finland, so. Uh-huh. <laughs> Streaming the only way. Yeah. Unless she comes mm-hmm. to visit.
0: What, just streaming to her or streaming on Twitch?
1: Uh, I might do it on Twitch and see if anybody else wants to join in, but sometimes it's just, like, private.
0: Yeah, yeah. I've only, only just recently discovered Twitch. I feel like a proper old man when it comes to gaming now. I'm <laughs> like, oh, this, uh, this Twitch thing, people are playing <laughs> games, it's lovely. Um, yeah, it's really strange. I, I'm, it's such a concept that shouldn't work but it does. Mm. Um, Well
1: YouTube's borked so mm. nobody wants to upload on that anymore so the best thing is just to stream and then put the video up on demand later on for other people who are in different time zones to see.
0: Yeah. Tell us a bit about yourselves. Do you want
1: to be centre of attention first? (laughs) No. (laughs) Mm.
0: Just who you guys are and where you're from.
1: Well I can do my interesting spiel of how I got into art because everybody (laughs) goes oh wow, I didn't know that, um, because I failed art as my hire, so I had to resit it and then I only got C. Uh, and then I did forensic science for two years and dropped out because I can't do physics. <laughs> so I spent a year miserable and going to the job centre and being more miserable and then went to my granddad for art lessons um, because he's a painter. Um, so he helped me with a mini portfolio to get into a portfolio course at Dundee mm. College. So I got into that, and then from there got into second year illustration at Duncan Brunson, and then can Hmm. Wow.
3: That
0: is quite an.
1: Yeah, it's a bit weird to go from uh, <laughs> such a science to, well, to go from art to science, to, back to art, because I thought in that time, oh, well, I, I failed art, so I can't do that again. But I failed it. <laughs> so, yeah, but
0: that's what school does. School just makes yeah. you feel school bad. School never said there. go to college. They
1: said, go to university. Also, we have a really high dropout rate, so don't do that. And then I went, that won't be me.
2: Oops.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Rebecca, yourself? Sorry, I don't don't want to put you on the spot. If if we're going
2: down an education theme, like I dropped out of primary school and was homeschooled for a couple of years then went to college. Cool, what was homeschooling like?
0: like, Sorry, (laughs) I totally derailed.
2: um, It it was just my mum who was forced into it because we wanted to do it. So it was fine. It wasn't very structured. I had to be up early every okay. day and do some kind of work. And then it would kind of peter off in the afternoon. But that's given me good motivation. Because I, I like to get up in the morning and get things done. Yeah. it was a sort of, if we don't do this ourselves, nothing's going to happen. Cool. But then I went to college when I was 15 and did a games course and then an animation course. And then I went to Apertay for... Half a year and then dropped out, mm. and then put together a portfolio to get into Duncan Johnston, Got rejected, <laughs> went to college for another year, put together a portfolio, and got into the foundation year and did animation. And now I've got master's in comics, so that worked out okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's really strange, like everybody's
0: inroads into comics is always like totally roundabout, and there's never like a straight, like, oh, I did like I wanted to do this, so I went and did a course on comics or whatever. Like, everybody always starts off everywhere else apart from actual yeah it makes for better
1: storytellers I think when you've got an interesting path to how you ended up doing a thing um, as opposed to just I went through primary school and then secondary school and I was great at everything and then I did high school and I was still great at everything and then I went to university (laughs) and I got my degree and now here I am making boring comics about boring nothingness probably (laughs)
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. you tend to find that the, uh, the folks that just kind of churn stuff out that's very mediocre, it is a thing of like, I always knew I wanted to do this since I was a kid, so I focused and did this at school, and then <laughs> you're like, oh, yeah, that, explains, that explains everything, like, explains the back catalogue of complete mediocrity. Yeah. <laughs> um, were,
3: were you sitting, either you're working on comics in, in school, well, not in high school, in your case, Rebecca?
2: I would copy out Calvin and Hobbes yeah.
3: scripts or trying to recreate one of those. So I'm, I'm wondering what kind of reaction you would get at school sitting doing comics, because when I did it, but way before you guys, it was just a non-event. You know, you, if you were sitting drawing comics in class, that was akin to sticking chewing gum on the wall or something. You know, mm-hmm. that's not what you were meant to be doing.
2: Uh,
1: yeah, I think my primary school was quite good for. Uh, doing a lot of art lessons, I think. Yes. Less so than it is now. Um, so I was always, whenever an art thing came around, they would do like a poster project or something and everybody would want me on their their team. Mm-hmm. But I didn't tend yes. to do it outside of that. Um, like, I, I did quite a lot when I got into high school and I couldn't stop drawing in the the sides of notes and stuff. That was That was how I knew in forensics that I wasn't supposed to be doing forensics because every space between this chemistry formula and this had a drawing in it and it was just my characters and i was just drawing whatever came to mind to just be but anyb- anywhere else than here yeah so, that's good um, and also when i was younger i didn't i didn't need to draw that much in class because me and my sister would draw basically Basically, we redrew Digimon as the entire story, but just with us as the main characters instead. <laughs> yeah, right. And the paneling was atrocious. I because like, I still have them all, and the paneling is like I've just written a bunch of stuff, and the panel goes right round it. It like it like goes around the letters, and and, and then it has like a corner maybe, and then the next. But it's not straight. I didn't use a ruler, so like the, next, the the panels all go down the side of the page, and they're all like squint. You kind of have to look at them from an angle. Nice. Um, but yeah, I had that outlet, so mm. I didn't need to draw so much in class. I actually like, wanted to pay attention and be good at spelling and things like that. Mm. Also, didn't have very many friends, so that's a thing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so we, so you both were basically quite quite arty, like grown up and everything as well. Like you just always doodle
2: mm-hmm. and everything. I used to do a lot of photography. Mm. Like for a long time I wanted to go into film and do like cinematography. But I had no idea how to go about doing that. But I think that because I now sort of specialize in coloring, it's kind of the same yeah. thing. It's like you're in control of how how the look and feel of everything is, which is the thing I was always interested in doing. Yeah, Given just didn't know a mood. That I would do it in comics.
0: Mm. Just it's giving good. everything an an overall mood mm. and kind of telling a a narrative from a an outside view in a way, yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. That's um yeah it's a, it's a, a a weird thing like when you start off with stuff like film and animation and all that kind of stuff that you start to discover a totally different perspective on on things like that like even just looking at a picture and being like oh, that's wrong like that's, yeah. to everything, that's <laughs> totally wrong, but it is it is that film mind of like seeing everything through a lens as opposed to just on the page kind of thing. yeah um but. Yeah, so like when when do you think um comics kind of took over for the for for the, the period? Like when when was it like this is it like one hundred percent like I'm um, cemented in, in, in comics from here on out?
2: I know exactly when that happened. Um, <laughs> so for animation in fourth year you pick two things to specialise in and in the second semester and third year you sort of try out different things, and mm. that was the point where my tutor just dropped randomly into a lecture, oh is anyone specializing in comics? And I was like, me! And then it was like, okay, okay I'm doing it! And then my friend Helen was going to specialize in it as well, so we were going to do our group project together, and then fourth year was just comics, 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 mm. the whole year. So is that I'm Helen
0: like, Robinson? Robinson, yeah. Yes. yeah, yeah. You work with her a lot?
2: Yes. She is my artistic other half. Right, okay. Don't tell (laughs) (laughs) Nari. But he also knows. He'll hear soon enough. Yes.
3: (laughs) Yeah, what about you, Katrina? When did did comics take over?
1: It's really difficult to say because I've had them in my life since I could probably read, I think. Because my dad obviously worked at DC Thompson's, Mm -hmm. so he would get all the syndication copies of the... Bino you know, and the Dandy and Animals knew, and You. He would bring them home, and then they would pass from sibling to sibling. Um, sometimes I had to read them to my younger sister, but not for very long, because you know, obviously, it was like more fun for me to read out to her than her have to struggle reading it. Um,
3: did you do oh, voices? I did voices. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> she will attest this. I still do voices. Um,
1: yeah. So it's it's difficult to say. Like I think, I think in that sense, it almost makes it more clear when it it, I sort of decided that I wanted to do this because I'd had them for so long that they just kind of became background to me they were just like another form of book Mm -hmm. they were another form of Mm -hmm. thing to read thing to make and then I think maybe maybe it was the comics module that I thought oh I can actually do this like I can actually like make a proper comic as opposed to just redrawing Digimon and Pokemon with me as the main character. (laughs) Um, Now I can do it and claim that it's my own original. (laughs) idea. So I think, yeah, I think it was the comics module because that was the only thing I got an A in, like a definitive, you are good at this, have Mm. an A stamp. Um, I think that was like the first time that I realized like, oh yeah, I can actually make comics and I can tell my stories this way and be happy and...
0: yeah Yeah. do you feel like you kind of get like an abundance of ideas building up as well and then you just have to get them out on the page
1: yeah it's it's difficult because obviously like you know if you're trying to be freelance you have to balance out which ones are going to make me immediate money and which ones are going to be like slower projects Mm. but that I can be really passionate about and that's what chimerical is for me at the minute because I'm able to put aside time to Make a chapter every so often, and then I get to release the chapter slowly online, and then that gives me enough time to sort of build up more around the frame of the next chapter, and then also do stuff in the background. Um, so I've always got something, something to post, something even if it's just hmm. another comics page every week. It's it's something, and it yeah. gives me stuff to think about for the next month.
3: It's good, to, it, and it's you know you say even if it's only just a page a week, you know, it's a something. more than most people. Yeah. want. Get it done, man. yeah, mm. it really is. Yeah. Good. yeah, so I think it's the
0: struggle of even getting something like pen and paper mm. a lot of the time. Yeah. You can sit and think about something and procrastinate about getting the idea down for ages yeah. like years, but
1: yeah, you just years, have to so. do it, you just have to sit down and do it. And it doesn't matter if it's not the magnum opus or anything mm. like that. If you don't do anything, then you've got nothing to show. If you do yeah. something, then you've got something, you've got a springboard, you can yeah. keep going. And every I, my first chapter. I look at it and I go, "Oh my God, this is this was a mess." And I look at the second chapter and I'm already thinking, "Oh God, this is a mess as well." By the time I, of both of them, I was like, "This is the best thing I've ever done in my life." Holy moly, everyone's going to be blown away by this. And it, it's but like I was so happy doing it that like it doesn't matter that I look at it now and I go, "What the hell is that arm? What is that doing?" Um, because I, I did it, and I like, and people are enjoying it. Because yeah, every nice. so often, I get like a little thing that says, "Oh, I'm really enjoying this, and I really love your characters, and all this stuff." This, this is my favorite character of yours, and I'm just sort of like, "Oh, that's so nice." And <laughs> I did, I did it. If I hadn't done it, then I wouldn't be getting these comments, so it's nice. It's
0: like total validation at the end of the day, with oh. that as well. Like, oh, amazing, finally.
1: Because if I just kept it to myself, then I would just be saying, "Well, I like my characters."
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, so, who would you say? has like influenced you um, to choosing comics as a whole? Who influenced you to make that jump?
1: Hmm. Interesting. I don't really know. I think it's just, it's been such a, for me anyway, it's been such a slow build up that it'll be, you know, from very young it would be people from the Beano and the Dandy who were Mm -hmm. making things, and then slightly older all the manga phases that I had, and looking into all that, and then actually making them myself. I think I was the biggest influence on me doing it. I think in that sense, like it was. It, it, there's a whole lot of people whose work I really like behind the scenes, and then there's me who says, "Do it." Mm-hmm. I think that's how I feel about it, influence-wise.
0: It's almost like yeah. taking everything in and then being like, "Well, yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to do it my way." Yeah. Of
2: I, I feel the same way about that. For me, it was a kind of, I always felt like I had to prove myself before I could actually do it. And then mm-hmm. when we got the comics module, it was a brief, so you had to make a comic. Mm. And then I did it. And I was like, oh, I can make a comic. And then people keep ask- have, like, consistently kept asking me to do something comics-related since. Mm. So it's just like, do it. <laughs> but the one thing was we had um, James Devlin visit one week. And he noticed the colours on my page and he said that he said something like, It was just interesting colour choices and oh, no, have I thought about being a colourist? And that just sort of sowed a seed. <laughs> and I've just sort of run with it because it was like, Oh, I've been given permission to do oh, I can do this. Because yeah. it hadn't occurred to me before. Like sometimes you need to hear it from somebody yeah. who you don't know. Yes. Because yeah, exactly. you can you can spend all this time in your own head like overthinking things. Yeah. And then someone's like, just do it. Though you, David, are good for that as well because your attitude is just do it oh. in the comics. Okay. <laughs> good for something. <laughs>
3: you know, it's modest. Like it, yeah. It's that. I'm thinking back to you, you two have reminded me of I used to walk around years ago thinking, I'll get really good at drawing, and then once I'm good at drawing, then I'll be in a good position to make a comic. Yeah. And I can remember, mm-hmm. I've just remembered thinking that and then just waking up one day and going, Wait a minute! That's insane. You know, if yeah, I'm waiting yeah, until yeah, I can no, draw, no. I'm never going to do a comic. Mm-hmm. You, you just be, got make to make sit it. and draw oh, yeah, them. They look terrible, Then you going to do another one. You know, yeah. and hopefully you get better. Yeah, isn't that it funny? It's true what you said as well about all the different routes everybody takes yeah. to doing comics. Because <clears> there's no set up way. No,
0: you know. And yet, and yet, you're led to believe from most sort of influential people within the sort of comics business, that there is a sort of one in road. A lot of the stories that come out of it is, oh, you know, you've got to do this, you've got to do that, you've got to speak to these certain people, blah, blah, blah. But when you actually speak to people who are working and, and, and actually doing work um, within the comics uh, the community in general, most of them are, you know, like, that just started drawing when they give us a shot, you know what I mean. Yeah. Like nobody's nobody's saying like, oh, I did this, that, and the next thing. I think that's course. the
1: difference between some of the older generation mm-hmm. stuff of making like Commando, for example, um, where it was more of a more of an office job kind mm-hmm. of thing, and whereas now with the, the fact that anybody can you know contact somebody and be like print my comic, um, they can ju- they can just do that off their own back. You don't have to go through this whole like process of trying to get into D.C. Thompsons, for example. Yeah. Like, you don't have to do that anymore, so I think more people are just like free
2: to just start making. Yeah. And quite often, publishers won't look at you unless you have been self-publishing your own yeah. work. Yeah. Like, they want you to be a proven entity, even mm-hmm. if it's just off your own back.
0: But you had said somebody had come in and... Who, sorry, who was it? You James Devlin. Yeah. Was that somebody that you were... I was that somebody you look up to anyway?
2: I wasn't that familiar with no. his work beforehand, other than knowing when we knew he was coming in, that he was a colorist, I thought, oh, that's interesting. That will be a different perspective. But then the fact that he just said, oh, yeah, why don't you do this? Yeah. I was like, Because, oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. like, even, like, for as long as I can remember, I have always noticed the colours and things, and I've always liked bright colours, and, like, that's, and I'll pick up a comic because I like the colours. Mm-hmm. Like, i I'll, <laughs> So even if I'm not that into the art, if the colours are really, really nice, then yeah. I will read it, because I'm superficial that way.
3: <laughs> I, I remember sending you a, a panel from some comic and saying, look at this, and imagine that happening in the story. And this was in 1984, right, and blah, blah, blah. And you wrote back and said, I really like that red sun in the bathroom." <laughs> 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 Do you remember that? The yeah.
1: Do you remember the sun? <laughs> the red <Yes>. sun, <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. So how did you both get involved with, like pot and the creative space and everything
2: i was hanging about in the tower building in the comic studio between third and fourth year so i kind of got onto chris and phil's radar and then through kind of through nari like because we knew that this was starting up and there was Mm -hmm. going to be a studio and pretty much as soon as they had desks in here nari and i moved in right okay so i've been (laughs) here since day one like we had tables that was it. Like, this was okay. all empty. We didn't have any dividers. It wasn't all split up. Into yeah. Mm. So, I just moved in and have been here ever since. Nice. I'm going to have to physically drag me out of here. <laughs> Kicking and screaming. <laughs> um,
1: It was Damon who spoke to me about it. I was doing a medical comics thing. I had a table at it and it was just in the Dalhousie building and, uh, Damon came over and said, um, Oh yeah, we've got uh, desks in the uh, in the studio if you if you want one. Also, a girl has just left, so we would like a girl in to keep the gender <laughs> split. All right, and I went, yeah, all right. Yeah. So um, and like at the time, I would just graduated, so I would have had to work from home otherwise. And I know from experience of that one year where I was just miserable at home, that wasn't going to be a good routine for me. So actually, like coming in and doing things nine to five. Mm-hmm. Um, was going to be super good for my mental health, basically. So sure. I was just—I mm-hmm. think I've been here a year and a half now. I think. Um, I think you're two. Two years, years. actually. Yes, because I graduated two years ago. Yikes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that seems about right. And I, I was in the corner because I was like, I, "I'm just going to set up right here." <laughs> <laughs> nice and then thing. they moved me very slightly so I couldn't have my wall anymore Oh
2: yeah,
1: because they needed an an escape route for when there's talks and stuff going on so they have to come past my desk but you do make use of them I I do make use of the escape (laughs) route but every so often somebody scares the crap out of me when they come past because I can't see anything because there's there's like sort of half a wall next to me and then as soon as somebody comes through unless they kick the thing behind me um, I don't notice them coming in and then I get upright.
2: You need like a rear view mirror but I do, I need like, one of those Yeah so I need the mirror like right mounted on the side
0: Like one of those big road yeah. dome mirrors <laughs> <in>. <laughs> I see you coming in yeah. <laughs> Is everybody that's in the anthology within Inkpot Studios? It's not like they're there's mm, no. a couple no.
2: of guests There's couple a couple yeah, of friends of. Okay. in the studio
1: so The cover is done by Letty Yes, so there's that for a start
2: And Helen used to be in the studio but yeah. moved back to her environment And Kath in Briggs mm-hmm. yes. isn't part of the studio but she's been around yeah. since yeah.
0: the start so oh quick deviation you said you were at Glasgow yes Yeah, how, I was oh yeah. you were at Glasgow oh, yeah. how was it
1: it was really good yeah, yeah. it took a while to, to get anybody buying things but I think it was because there was so much that everybody just wanted to kind of where I was first. Was it and then really come busy back. this year? It was quite busy, but it was nice and staggered um, oh. because they had a lot of events on, and they had um, some really big names okay. for doing panels and things. So who, who was um, that? They, The the one that I remember because I was a big fan of hers uh, <laughs> was Jen Bartel. Oh, okay. Um, so she was she was there and, and doing uh, she did a panel and then she had a stall that was selling prints and mm-hmm. keyrings and whatnot so because they had the the panels staggered throughout the day it kind of kept the flow quite nice so that you know there were a lot of people in for these panels and then they came out and they all sort of like dispersed and made their rounds but in the meantime people who weren't bothered about the panels were still getting a chance to cruise around so the tables weren't ever super super crowded okay um even for some of the bigger people like you always had moments where there weren't that many people so you could have a chat and whatnot So it was quite nice.
0: Yes, so um, both of you um, obviously have stories and um, you've got your, you you have got Ink Quest in there, Uh, you've got your colours on Stellar and your story is Rain, Um, aside from having your part in contributing, uh, what other parts did you have within the anthology?
2: I also did a pin-up and okay. I also put the book together. Cool. So I did production of the book. Okay. So I'm all over it. <laughs> <laughs> it's all every time. Time. What have
0: What in What was that like trying to get everybody together?
2: It was fun. <laughs> um, it took a long time because I think it was this time last year that we started planning it Yeah. and we had a couple of different people in the studio so it was planned with a few other people to be in it but then life happens Yeah. yeah. so we yeah, had yeah, to totally. drop out but then we had Zo and Gary come in just after we'd all finished the Masters because we were in the same class mm-hmm. so we kind of gave them their own deadline to produce something and for me I had written Rain and I was going to draw it but then I had too much other work Going on, so okay. that got set aside, and then when Zoo got involved, just like Nari suggested, giving my story to her. Right. Okay. So she ended up drawing it, and I ended up coloring it. Mm-hmm. And that was actually the first time somebody's drawn something that I've written, because ah. I don't write scripts. I just like plan out. <laughs> I plan out this this panel is going to do this. This page is going to introduce this, and it's quite like problem solving. Lists. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. she she understood it and like I gave her all the info and gave her my character design and, and she went with it and so, like put her stamp on it which was really cool.
0: So why an anthology? Why like what what made you what made everybody go for an, an anthology? What made you go for an
2: anthology? I think like so everybody would be able to show off like their skills and the things that they're best at. So an anthology would work for everybody to kind of be able to do the kind of story that they would want to do but i think it was also like a tangible
1: thing that we could show people to have like our studio exist outside of this room you know Mm. it's like we we can literally take this and say these are the artists in our studio this is the sort of stuff that we do yeah every day it's a very expensive business
2: card yes but it's beautiful but (laughs) but people appreciate it
0: um so, so it was always an anthology, it was always yeah, a thought yeah. that was what was going to yeah, happen. Yeah, the
1: first meetings that we had um, we did kind of want to make this cohesive kind of story set in the same kind of universe with uh, but I mean that universe was as vague as like it's fantasy. You yeah. Know? So um, we yeah. didn't want to be too conscriptive but also like we wanted it to be about the whole theme of like ink pot so yeah. we came up with this sentient ink idea um, and then from there everybody kind of Took off. I got mine done really fast and then had to wait so long to see
3: the result because
2: I work far too fast.
3: Um,
0: so In fact, what? I
2: remember you sending me one of the pages later because you were like, I've added some details. Yeah, like, this I this is okay. And I, and I was like, you've got plenty of time. This I is was, fine. Yeah, I,
1: I think um, that was the... Bottom of that page. Yeah, it's like when you can see Florrie's studio. I was like, it looks too bare. I'm just gonna add in a bunch of other stuff that she can have in her room. And to be honest, I probably could have added more. Um <laughs> but
0: uh that's the that's the thing that immediately kind of jumped out as I was going through it was the fact that you've you've got this sort of rune area that yeah, comes up yeah. in, in each one of the stories, and it's nice and padded out as well, so that you're not inundated with it. So you've kind of got it. Uh, And then you've got like a story in between and then again and then like a story in between. What
2: everyone did was they sort of, they pitched their idea and then Nari kind of put it into an order and like made a few suggestions to sort of tie individual stories in together. Okay. So I think the thing connecting all of them is that at some point there is this ink disaster. Right. (laughs) I know you don't feel the same way. but I do feel the same. What was it, the the way you saw your story fitting in?
3: Well, it, it was last summer and uh, the email that I got must have been from Nori, and it said uh, there's going to be a theme and there's going to be like an ink disaster or catastrophe or event and so the stories will all be concerning this and it said you can have it before it, or during it, or after it. And I thought, okay. And I thought, well, I don't know anything about it, <laughs> so it's going to have to be before it. This was my thinking. Yeah. So I kind of did my story, come and done to this event that they were going to cause to happen in my story.
2: And then Norris interpreted that as happening after all the well, other stuff. yeah,
3: yeah, exactly. So that was because I I sent it in about ten months ago. <laughs> And and you'll know that, I mean, mine's has got no, the the structure you mentioned, the the, the well that they all that's mm-hmm. in it's not a line. No, mm-hmm. because you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you I'm the odd man out.
1: Well, maybe you're the reveal at the end.
3: Yes, exactly. Yeah. that's what I was thinking. Well, I'm not complaining. It's like a
2: good flashback just, episode, you know. Well, like uh, Mary said, it would kind of work <laughs> for like it worked turning it into a loop. Yes. At, like, at the yes, very I like end. That, yeah. it, Appears to be in the future, but it's also starting so yeah. okay. it off. Yeah, that's go. good. Yeah,
3: yeah.
0: Yeah. It's, yeah, you've also got the whole thing of like the ink in everybody's story has some sort of like magical yeah um, ability, and yours all of a sudden you know. My ink
3: came from the alternative dimension. It was in the baby's yeah. pen. Was it the pen? Mm. Oh, right. Ah, right. Ah. It was in the pen, you know. <laughs> yeah. he, he, he hit the spaceship. Do you know what? I, and, then, and then it went back with the ink on it.
0: I've read that a ridiculous amount of times and I always thought it just came off the newspaper. And now well, I actually well, I see could it be.
3: cracked. <laughs> this um, No, I think um, Rebecca's mentioning that because I've said to her, I thought mine would be at the start. No, Well, I didn't think it would be at the start, but I wrote it with that in mind. This is going to be before the story because I don't know the story. Okay, and then it was at the back
1: I still think it's the flashback episode
3: yeah I like I like your take on it like it's a loop as well it goes around and around I'm just happy to be involved <laughs> <laughs> I'm always happy to be involved
0: you know but was it a case that you approached people or did people actually come to you
3: I guess we're all here anyway right
1: yeah we just kind of fired at an email saying like yeah. we want to do a thing all together so let's start a meeting and Mm -hmm. see what we come up with so we had like an initial meeting around the couch just to be like right we want to do an anthology, what do you think and then we just did a brainstorming session and then that's what it came out as
2: and like Nari, because Nari got funded by the Rank Foundation internship to be studio manager last year Mm -hmm. and sort of unrelated to that we got this funding from this entrepreneurship award thing that was specifically for kind of like Going to conventions, having a project, yes. So, we had the money to be able to do it, and that was kind of the thing that sparked off because mm-hmm. it was like, we can do this, yeah. so let's do it. <laughs>
3: it's and nice product, then, yeah.
2: This was printed by CPUK, who mm. is the god of all printing, yes, and all of, I can swear that all the colours look exactly how they did on the computer when I put it together and I just about cried when I saw it in person (laughs) because that's never happened before. Yeah, he's a good guy.
1: Yeah, Yeah. I found him because I was needing to print Stinger for my degree show and I asked Phil at the time who would be the best person to go to and um, he sort of said, oh, you might be able to go to this guy who I think Rossi had gone to for hers or this other guy and the other guy didn't have like quotes on his site right. and i was sort of like this other guy seems more approachable i'll go to this guy so went to him got it literally i literally like messaged him on the monday and that was actually a really funny interaction um messaged him on the monday about it and basically got it on the friday but i think it was like tuesday or something he sent me the pdf and um there was a blank page at the end and i said yeah it all looks good what's this blank page at the end and he went there's a very good reason for that it was my birthday the weekend, and I'm hammered. So, uh, he, and I was like, no worries. So I uh, basically ordered it, ordered it and sent him everything on Monday, and they all arrived on Friday. And then since then, I was like, never going to anyone else. So I just, I was just like, guys, have you tried CPUK? UK? Have you tried CPUK? UK? And so it, it just
2: became everybody's staple. Yeah. And it's so good. He printed all of my degree shield stuff, and asked, answered all of my stupid questions, <laughs> and just made it all very easy.
0: Yeah, he seems really approachable on... He, he really is. Yeah, he really is. like massive. And
2: we've both been added to the pantheon. We're in really the pantheon, <laughs> it's so good. Because <laughs> if anybody sends him in a print file that he doesn't have to like adjust to mm. be the right size... If, yeah, if, if you, you send, you send a file it works, you get
1: added to the pantheon yeah. of people who can actually set up a document. Ah, uh, okay. That was one yeah. of my practice
2: moments. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> was it always to be this size?
2: In my mind yes. Yeah. I had to fight a little bit for it, but okay. cause I because a lot of the things that come out of DCCS are A four but they're kind of like floppy mm-hmm. yeah. sort of magazine style. And I was like, I want this to be an artifact. Yes. It will be yeah. perfect bound. I don't care how thick it's I gonna be, it yeah. will that be perfect bound. I'm determined
3: it's gonna be perfect bound. Yeah.
2: It's it's, it's, it's the easy. best way to do it. Yeah. It's just
1: nice quality. It feels like it's not a freebie. Yeah.
0: Yes. Be, yeah, oh, bang on. Yeah. <laughs> I've th- for like the past three days I've been trying to think of what it is. That, that sums it up. Yeah, it's I had a tutor again. who
1: absolutely hated anything being printed A4 because she was like, no, that's just uh, it's too document. It's too like handout kind of thing. Yeah, it's with just with like a bunch kinda... of lecture notes on it. Yeah. It has to be a different size. It doesn't matter what size it is. It's not A4. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, it's um... Yeah, it's a really, really, really well-put-together book. Definitely. Um, so, if you don't mind, I was going to ask if you could, Katrina, maybe take us through your story a little here. Uh,
1: yes. So, my story is about Florrie, who is a little witch, and she is sitting there just making her spells. Um, and I tried to make the spell, like, I was just looking up like Celtic spells and stuff. No. And I tried to make one that would kind of have foreshadowing. So the May 7 waves of fortune be granted to me is a sentiment to the wave that tries to swallow her at the end. So she is sitting there just about to finish off this big scroll and runs out of ink. So she goes down to the little village. So because this is sort of set after Nori's one, Mm -hmm. um, I figured that at this point it would have become like a tourist attraction, this big weird ink well that has magical properties so Ah, I have this I just decided to make her a tiger I don't have any reason for it (laughs) whatsoever (laughs) I was like she's going to be a tiger lady and I don't care (laughs) so uh, Briss is like running this little uh, shop and I imagined it would have little ink bottles in it so she asks for one uh, but unfortunately they're all out so Flory kind of gives up but she at the same time doesn't because she's so close to finishing that spell so she's just overly tempted, ignores all the signs, uh, and goes into the into the well itself, just to, just to get a little bit, mm-hmm. and uh, unfortunately drops her spells in there, and the ink loves this, and just explodes everywhere. Almost grants and so that, wish, like, tenfold. <laughs> yeah, I, I wanted to make it open so that potentially there would be, you know, so people could sort of explore what would happen after this, so like, the cleanup oh, crew sort of goes into that. Potentially, the rain—you know—from mm-hmm. uh, the explosion, there would be rain, ink rain pouring down, and everything. So I kind of wanted to make it like—I mean, she's just a troublemaker, isn't she? Yeah. she?
3: just
1: causes a big mess and then runs away. <laughs> but she's fine because I used her in another story between me and my friend, so she's totally fine. Oh, okay, <laughs> uh, she's just missing in that story, but she'll be found.
0: Is that—is that story searchable? Um,
1: Okay. Uh, no, not at the no, minute because okay. it, it may be it may end up being a sort of Dungeons and Dragons campaign <sighs> thing between us. So like awesome. we've got a couple of friends who, we, once I put this campaign together, um, we we might find out what happens to Flory later okay. on. Okay. Um, if it ever comes to a thing, which I've been saying for like a year, uh, it's just difficult because like all my friends are in different time zones. So like trying to organize it when we can all be together is difficult. But hmm. I kind of want them to travel through this story, and make it what they want out of it so they've got their characters that they're controlling and then I'm just doing everything around it and yeah. so depending on their choices I will shape the world around that.
0: Nice. Well that made it, that made it, made it a wee bit slightly easier to do um, in this sort of, well not, there's no particular time era but that sort of... Um, yeah just
1: as long as it's like after Nori's story. Yes. That was basically all I, all I was going on. Just yeah. like enough time has passed that people have studied this ink and just kind of... Decided what to do with it, and of course they just went down the road of let's make it a tourist attraction, bring yeah. us some money. It
0: makes a, it makes a nice, um, refreshing um, sort of release after seeing such, you know, big manly men yeah. all over yeah. the page <laughs> before. I literally have no,
1: I everywhere. have no reason that her hair is green either. I just went, I just wanted to have green hair. Yeah. I, d- I just did a lot of stuff because I was like, I just want this to happen. There's going to be a tiger. <laughs> <laughs> That's
3: a good reason. No oh, yeah, That's all fine. Good reason. <laughs> Definitely. Is the best I like this sequence you've got here where she doesn't get the yank and she's looking at the monkey and yeah, just starts walking up you can, you can, you've can, got her thinking.
1: Yeah, you can see her train of thought.
2: She yeah, goes, yeah. I can totally you've do this that myself. In without
3: writing it and that's good. Yeah. That, that's real comics. So sure don't tell. Well
0: yes. Done. Yes. We've, uh, we've been on that great length about yeah. different folks writing stuff in yeah. when they really should just leave it blank. Mm-hmm. And they've already done all the explaining and yet there's just a massive speech yeah. bubble being like well oh, go i do think this i will now. go up
3: the mountain now to get <laughs> <to normal. laughs> yeah it definitely oh might. no
1: i have dropped my scroll yeah oh well i'm sure it's fine oh no there's a wave
3: <laughs>
0: yeah or explaining just, every last yeah. detail away and not letting the work do its work um and then obviously we've dropped stories in between i'm not gonna give yeah. i'm not gonna give um, everything away because I, I don't want anybody to uh, find out I want them to find out for
3: themselves. Yes. M- must give a quick shout out yeah. to the next page of Andy Andy Hernd's pinup pinnacle as a cartoon yeah ah, is that what That's you mentioned really good. yeah. Good sense yeah. Yeah. The, the, the fact that he's went the route of the octopus you know with the ink and all that <laughs> clever guy I,
0: the, the, the sort of pinup bits in between yeah, are, uh, good. are nice wee like, you know what, you really it's it's all really broken up really well. Like I say. That was
2: another like <clears throat> I wanted to have pinups in between because the stories didn't lead straight into each other, mm. so yeah. to have a little thing to break up yeah. each one.
0: Yeah, it's nice.
1: I like them because a lot of them have Flory in them and I'm like fan art, yay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh totally. I think it, um, it's a good encouragement for uh, somebody to buy a second copy as well, pull them out. And get them up. Oh yeah, (laughs) Yeah. definitely. Rebecca, if you wouldn't mind taking us. My comic
2: is a silent comic because I don't like words. (laughs) I take show don't tell to extremes. Mm -hmm. Um, Basically, mine is a little old witch lady, which is probably my favourite character to come up with. Who is just pottering about in her garden, and then the ink rain comes, and this creature falls out of the sky. And it has a magical crystal that's powered by the ink in it, and then things happen, which I won't spoil.
0: Yes. Which the thing of the, the um, magical crystal is very similar to this little bottle topper, right? Oh, theme, it is. Which oh, I, didn't I notice. never noticed that. I was just looking at. Oh, it I mean, it.
2: yes, of course. <laughs> yes, we <laughs> planned this all along. I, went, I, I looked. <laughs> oh, at you're the, totally right. Well, that's canon cool. now. <laughs> Maybe. Like something I because by the time I was coloring Rain, I'd colored Stellar ages ago. And okay. so I had the pink because I colored pink in the oh. sort of magical altery yeah, the, the in the last... first one. So I did that for consistency. Mm. That's amazing. Yeah, you can really
1: tell with the watercolor pinup with the tiger behind because you can tell like that's, that's watercolor and yeah. like, it's printed yeah. properly mm-hmm. because a lot of the time it can be so washed out.
0: Yep, mm, totally. I like the, the folds yeah, right yeah. in the middle of them makes it look like a proper. Collect all
1: four to create an official movie poster.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's they're also they're also like adversely different, but somewhat the same as well. Like I know, I keep saying like all, there's there's like that over theme of, of the ink and everything, but yeah, it's just so like it's, it's really everyone's refreshing. got their
2: own unique stamp on it. As yeah, well, totally. And like, Children of the Well is interesting because Gary penciled it, and penciled it digitally and then Nori printed it out and inked it on paper mm. and it's really weird if you're familiar with both their styles because when you're looking at it it's like, oh this looks like Gary drew it. oh it looks, but it looks like Nori drew it. Oh, it's I
3: remember it's seeing Nari, but something but like, it's like it's the, their styles, there's some similarity. Yeah. Or something like that, but I didn't actually know it. I didn't know the division the, the of labour on it. I mean it just says like right, Gary Welsh and Naughty. Yeah. So I thought maybe Gary wrote it and Nori drew it mm. or something. I was just guessing. I didn't realise Nori actually penciled it. No, Gary, I mean, penciled
2: it. No, Gary, Gary penciled
3: it. Gary wrote and Naughty. penciled it and then Nori mm. ended it. Right. Some of, the, some of the poses, like the guy running there, can't you full see he is deceiving you. That's quite super heroic. Mm. Mm. Which I would think more of Gary than Norrie. Yeah. So there's, I guess, once you know there's wee clues. Yeah, that's it's, it's grim, the ending of I want my mummy, first child, yeah. your mother's gone now. End. Finn. Yep. Mm. <laughs> that's. I mean, that's tough.
0: Well, even the end of uh, even though it's quite. Mm. Even though it's, it's still quite a wee bit more lighthearted, it? it does have a wee kind mm-hmm. of. Ominous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. ominous. Yeah, very ominous undertone. Yeah. 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 Yeah, this is shit. <laughs> shit's gonna kick off a wee bit. <laughs> like I
2: really liked the dialogue in yeah. Stellar. Yeah. yeah. It's, so, it's, it's really so fun. It's so
0: silly. It's got, so got humour, isn't it? You're dead good at doing science. Mm.
2: <laughs> Get off me, you dafty.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: It's really the michty me that gets me. Yeah. It's kind know. of like because it's such it's such a huge like it's a cosmic event happening, mm-hmm. yeah. and then it's just saying stuff like Kravens, yeah, Jungs. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I regret everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was
0: like, I did, that was that was a good um, like a shock. All of a sudden, like just this sort of wee dialogue going back and forward, and then just like apocalypse, mm-hmm. like across here. Yeah, I can't go over how mm-hmm. well fit together. It's really nice, really really nice. It's a good size because you don't see. Yeah. You don't see enough like this. I was really, I was quite taken back seeing your stuff this size. They're like yeah. a lot bigger. Mhm. Because you've you you've
3: normally got it about. Yeah, my books are smaller. Yeah, yours, like, size.
2: UK standard UK size.
3: No, I use the. I've always went through. Lulu.com, so it's American sizes. Hmm. Mm. So
2: it's
3: not quite A. Five. Yeah, uh, it's, mm. a bit, it's a bit wrong. But it's always <laughs> appealed to me. Oh, well, like your standard yeah, sort of floppy marble size or whatever. Yeah, the Americans. a 4 definitely, A5.
0: Yeah. Um, so, did you have did you have a, a, a sort of time scale for everybody to get all their submissions mm-hmm. in? Or was it just like. vaguely. Vaguely.
2: Um, or was it there just like. There was a deadline, and I think it was the same weekend as the bubble. And a couple of people Uh, said mm -hmm. at Thought Bubble that they weren't going to get anything in, (laughs) which was fine because stuff happens. Mm -hmm. But then it was kind of like, "Don't think we have enough people in this book." So, but then with Zoo and Gary, kind of Mm -hmm. until January, I think, to get stuff in. And then part of why part of why I worked with Zoo and Gary worked with Gary is because they had other stuff going on, so Mm -hmm. it was kind of like working together to get it done. And then. The funding got held up because it was released in two bits and it was a sort of case of justifying every bit of money you've ever spent and then Mm. at some point they get around and look at every receipt and then they're like, okay, we'll release the next lot. So it all got... It sort of became silly things would delay it. Uh It meant that we got to spend more time on it and it's benefited from having Mm -hmm. the extra time.
0: It's quite a quick... It's actually quite a quick... um, production rate for it, because you said it was about this time last year, didn't you? That it was kind of, yeah the concept was kind of kicking about, so that's, that's still quite quite quick to bang it out for April yeah. the, the following year, you know what I mean? So,
3: yeah, it's um, not that unusual mm-hmm. for it to take. Yeah. I mean I, I mean, I said I did it ten months ago, but I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I just yeah. got an email last week saying that somebody's accepted someone, we're going to print this, and I sent them it three years ago. Yeah, see, so, like... That
0: yeah. It's the, the fun submission rate, of course. I just and I'm just glad to be involved. Yeah, yeah. you submit quite a lot, though, don't you? Yeah,
3: that's a good thing, though. I'm not, mean, yeah, I'm not saying not that bad. like you submit a lot, <laughs> mean, yeah. do you? Do not. Know, I, I don't know good. about you guys, but it's not like rejection so much. It's just being ignored. And you know, like a certain yeah. amount of time goes by, and you think, right, I don't think they're using that then. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is everything. Which is different than rejection.
2: Yep. I, I think the best rejection I got was I got rejected from Dirty Rotten Comics, mm-hmm. Stefan yeah. or something. But they suggested sliced quarterly mm. and sent me that way, and then I ended up doing a couple of things for them. That's good. So that's it, good. Was it was productive because it was like useful, yeah. your stuff's too experimental for us, but this cool. is yeah. the experimental yeah. anthology, so that worked well.
0: Is that for was that for the sliced that's already out or um, coming?
2: It was. It ended up in volume one. Right. It was before. It was before the first Kickstarter. Yeah. So my stuff was in the first book that was kickstarted. that cool. Though mm. That was only about a year. And a bit of yeah.
0: Cool. Well, at least Ken's smashed out that second yes. one very quickly. <laughs> you, is he not re- releasing them as like individual issues as well, and then the sort of collected?
2: The individual issues are free on their website. Yeah. So he does them as PDFs, and then I think. Collecting them is just so it of could be a physical. Yeah, an actual thing. thing.
0: Um, yeah, you know, he's pff, he's something else. He's and he's
2: like he's got cognition as well. Yeah, like, and I just did. got all that
0: stuff through yesterday, day before, day before. Cool, got all that through the, the day before. So he is, yeah, he's on fire. It's yeah. ridiculous. It's <laughs> <laughs> utterly ridiculous. He does it all himself as well. I think. Yeah, which is insane. I, I mm. look at the amount of stuff he's putting out. Mm. <laughs> he does it whilst working a job as well. No, like, no, no way. You must be sleep deprived like hell. <laughs> so, where whereabouts yeah. have you been? Um, sort of targeting. It? Where have you been putting it out?
2: So far, the only convention it's appeared at is Glasgow, just yeah. because of timing and like, Dunfermline. Yeah, got mm-hmm. cancelled. Yes. Um, so currently, cool. a couple of copies are going to be at san diego at the wd uni table okay for people to look at and we're also going to be starting a big cartel store page for the space so we're going to be selling ecology through that as well as the workshop comic club oh, cool. comics i'm going to take one thought bubble with me and be like look yeah. i worked on this
0: yeah you should uh, take a bunch along for uh, for trade give it to loads of different people <laughs> And get something out of it. You're saying <laughs> <laughs> a, a big cartel um, for like, yes. so that be for the actual the Inkpot Studio as well. So yeah. is that going to have um, like some of the artists from the Inkpots work on it as well?
2: Um, I don't think so. Just no. for like ease, but like, okay. everybody can like just sell their own stuff. Yeah, I use Etsy for mine. Yeah, right, okay. So, so I've got my own. Everybody's basically sell yeah. their own ones. Yeah. yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah. yeah oh yeah, totally. Because like the idea, the idea of anthology is that the proceeds for it go towards future cons and yeah, hopefully another another anthology. anthology yeah.
0: Right. Okay. So it has, so just now it has basically just been like target the cons as much as you yeah, can. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was just like, um, I, I did wonder if you were maybe putting out to even just like local shops or anything like that as well, because I mean like you can always that
2: approach. Is good point <laughs> i i wrote down on a bit of paper like speak to ahoy and mm-hmm. local places or even forbidden planet because they mm-hmm. take yeah the i've seen your stuff in forbidden
0: planets yeah place. that's 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 where i finally realized that that's how people get their stuff in is when you we just went up and went you yes yeah, this. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah did you think it was like a really refreshing thing, getting this all together, or was it quite a challenge to get it all put together and get everybody together? both.
2: Just... Yeah, like, the more people you're trying to coordinate, the more difficult it is, but once it's, once it was all in, it was just, you yeah. mm-hmm. make a file.
3: Yeah.
2: And, like, oh, so I got to a point where I was scrolling through everything, because I took all the artwork and put it onto Rich's perfect bound template so i like i do every single page back to front by the end of it and i had like gone through it so many times and it's like yeah this is fine it's like i've seen it a hundred times but then when it actually appeared in physical form i was like my baby it's, born! <laughs> it's beautiful i was just like running up to people and be like look at this it
0: is it's that, like that it. thing though as soon as it comes it's just like it's gonna be like eye watering to see it in front of you. Just like, oh my god! I yeah.
2: Like the orange on that cover, mm-hmm, it it's so nice. Like, mm-hmm. I love Letty's coloring anyway, but it just pops. I really yeah, love his color. And really then with the color. title, Mari drew like hand drew with an inky brush. Mm-hmm. The title.
0: It's very um, Japanese brush. so Yeah. Um, like flag painting almost. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really nice. So, what was the idea with the um, with the cover? Was it just sticking with the theme with what was going on inside, or was the cover done at the end? I, I think different?
2: for the cover, it was like to have something representative of all of it, so all the characters yeah. are part Yeah, on so the Flory's down somewhere. in front,
1: and then you've got the grandma character. Um, oh
2: my god,
0: I really don't notice things. <laughs> <laughs> I, looking Flory at like, was
1: oh, the first yeah. thing I saw because I was just like, oh, it's more fan art. <laughs> I am very vain. I
3: went on the Facebook group and I, and I saw it and I was like, oh, great cover, I love it, you know. And then, oh, you yeah, one of my favourite bits is your frog guy on the back there, David. And I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, I like it even more now, you <laughs> know. I like, I like in your comic, Katrina, like when the ink runs out, mm-hmm. I, can, I can feel the sound of like yes. when you run out of ink. And that that was very scratch. important to get mm-hmm. that
1: across because I hate that so much this is why i'm digital because it's horrible
0: so do you you both prefer sort of work and digital yeah yes
1: it just saves paper as well because if i just drew if i had physical copies of everything i drew i would be drowning in paper constantly because i draw so much all the time and my hard drive does not like me (laughs) it's constantly like Uh, your startup disc is getting a bit full and I'm like well I guess all 2015's work's going onto this hard drive Whoop! (laughs) away
0: you go Mm. is there any plans for a a follow up at number 2 or is it just onto something completely different now as I smack into the table I
2: I would definitely like to do an anthology of some description Okay. I don't think it necessarily has to follow the same
1: Theme as this one, I think this is this is like a nice Mm self-contained thing. You could have like little
2: cameos in the background. Yeah, yeah. Build up that. Somebody could have like toys of the characters. Yeah, that would be cute.
0: That's cool. Is there any other projects that the the pair are working on individually at all, or anything that you've been? So
1: many things. (laughs) I'm like trying to get commissions out the way so I can have a holiday for the first time this year, really. Um, And uh, I'm doing a graphic novel at the minute called Nasty Girls, and I'm very excited about it because I think it's going to be good! good. Um, This is the first time I haven't ever done the colouring on something I've done, so Mm -hmm. seeing that come back when I send the uh, inks off to our colourist Gabby Epstein, she comes back with just the most amazing vibrant colours, and I'm just like, (laughs) "Whoa!" I would have never thought, because in my mind it's very like my colouring as I'm doing it. and then when it comes back, it's just totally different. And it takes me just a second to get used to it. And then I'm just in love with it. Yeah. So, um, Aaron Keepers is writing that. And um, we are going to have the Kickstarter in August. So, cool. it's coming up. But uh, I need to take a wee bit of a break before that. Um, but I'm, I'm definitely further than halfway through it, like, right. actually inking it. Um, I'm probably about... have uh, probably got about a quarter to go. Cool. Um, and then, obviously, it needs coloured, but...
2: It's
0: going to be really good. Nice. nice. I can't wait to read it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so
2: you've got loads on the cards. I'm not happy unless I've got like four or five things going at the same time because I like to jump around different things. But um, as part of my, my internship as workshop coordinator, I'm doing a workbook on comic activities directed at like the kids that we work with. Oh, cool. So it's like for 10 to 14s. And that's quite a big project. Mm-hmm. And I'm also colouring a different Erin Keeper's project, which Nari's <coughs> drawing, which we're hoping to pitch at a convention soon mm-hmm. once okay. it's done. And it looks pretty good. Like it's the sort of thing that I wasn't meant to be colouring it, but as soon as I saw Nari's pages, I was like, You have to give this to Because it's it's even better than anything he's done before. And I'm doing... I tend to work production on a lot of the projects that come through DCCS now, just because okay. I like to do the kind of organisation-y things. And I'm doing a cover for a couple of them as well. So we've got a lot of healthcare projects coming in. Mm-hmm. So we've got a suicide awareness comic, which Katrina did yes. one of the strips for, yep. and I did another strip for. And we've got an organ donation comic, and a comic about... Heart disease and all kinds of all kinds of things. Are yeah. they all through
0: the uni, or? yeah. Right. Okay. Cool. That's I was wondering if that was that, or like a health centre would come to you and like, right, we've got these. Well, the uh,
1: fibromyalgia well, the, one,
2: the NHS sort of. Yeah.
0: Actually, yes.
2: And with organ donation, that's being done with NHSBT, which is their blood and transplant.
1: Oh, okay.
0: People. Right.
2: So but, so it's through the uni, but like yeah. it's, working it's like too. a partnership
1: with NHS yeah, yeah. branches and stuff, which is nice. because um, it means that they get quite a lot of traction when they put them on Facebook and stuff because there's a lot yeah. of people that follow that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So um
0: I was gonna say, yes. are they trying to aim them towards like just the general public or yeah. towards yeah. Right, okay. I don't know if they were maybe like actually trying to give like kids an understanding of it or whatever? There's depends an element project. of that.
1: Yeah, so sometimes there's some one that they're talking about doing, which is a kids book, mm-hmm. um, and it's going to be about nursing and do, you know, actually directed towards educating kids, which hopefully will be in talks with people about doing that one soon. Okay. Um, but yeah, it just kind of depends on what subject matter is. Sometimes it's more about the autobiographical or biographical sense of it mm-hmm. to get that understanding to people who have... No take
0: on it because they don't yeah. suffer from whatever it is, yeah, yeah. is uh, are any of them any of the health ones actually for like charities or anything, or are they all just just to raise awareness of some sort
2: there's like in coming up with the stories, there's been a lot of collaboration with different charities to just to sort of so it's authentic and mm-hmm. to make sure that it is like getting the information that needs to get across totally
1: yeah
0: yeah.
3: But,
2: yeah, you can never have too many sort of sources of. People that
1: actually know the ins and outs of things when it comes to medical stuff, especially like when I was thumbnailing stuff for the suicide awareness one, and I had to design a mental health ward room. Um, I would just draw bed, and they said, "Oh, you, well, you can't have a bed like that because um, they can't be. You're not supposed to be able to move them for various reasons." So I had to make a big, heavy bed instead. and I had to make it, and you couldn't have like blinds with a with a chain. Because obviously, right. like, you know, mental health, somebody could potentially use that. Yeah. Um, so it has to be like a specific shuttering thing. And it's very difficult to find references for that. But it was all the nursing the students were just like on it. They just knew, like, I was drawing something and they went, well, you can't have that, you can't have that. <laughs> um, but it's really important for it to be authentic like that. Because yeah. that's, that's something that somebody, because obviously, like, people who are in that industry are going to be reading these at mm-hmm. some point. Totally. And they're going to see something in the art that's like, this person doesn't know what they're talking about the yeah. person doesn't know where they're drawing. Yeah. Um, and I think that would annoy me if, it, if somebody was picking out things. In like, some of it's just, like, whatever. But if it was something big that I missed because I don't have that understanding, I would be annoyed at myself.
0: Yeah. That's, like, that, the small details. to mm. The right person can be a big thing. Yeah. Um, which is a bit...
1: Sometimes it's... it clashes with, like, a narrative. Like, you need to be able to see something and, yeah. like, you just wouldn't be able to see it in a normal setting, but, like, you just have to put it aside for the narrative. And it doesn't matter that much.
3: Yeah.
0: Um the working with the kids like what is that specifically? Like what is what what's entailed in that?
2: What but with, with my job or like No they, or the, the the Workshops in general. No, oh right. Yeah. Um so we we've got our comic club. So on Tuesdays, it's 10 to 14-year-olds, and Wednesdays, it's 14 to 17-year-olds. And we're just getting them to make comics, basically, okay. and help building their confidence. Mm-hmm. And since I've come on as workshop coordinator, I've given them, I've just bombarded them with worksheets, <laughs> which they seem to enjoy. Okay. So, mm-hmm. like, taking them through the process. And we publish their work every year, and there are some kids who've been coming since the beginning, and just seeing, like, the change in their, like, how their art has developed mm. and I think particularly because of like, our backgrounds with art we yeah. want to encourage them to just draw and like, yeah, not yeah. worry too much because yeah. even just between the younger and the older group, the older group are kind of like oh I can't draw this and mm-hmm. it's like trying to get them early enough to believe that they can yeah. if they just go for it and do it yeah totally and like we've been doing um, two weeks at the McManus or rather the McManus, McManus. The, yep. <laughs> the department of Art EK. First, so I've been there for the past two weeks like giving them, because we're going to publish a book of their work. Mm-hmm. And there are some kids who just came for the first week and they produced like four or five page comics in a week, fully colored, <laughs> inked, splattered, <laughs> beautiful, it has a narrative, and they just did it. And it's just like, wow.
0: There's so a slight part of you being like, oh, amazing, and the other part of you being like, you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you have to do that? It's So of this. summer holiday. Yeah. <laughs> so, any of the, any of the two, of you got any? convention plans yourselves
1: uh at the minute not much there's maybe one in november uh but decon i don't think are doing their second decon that they tried one year um which i think was september time because they, they did one in april and one in september mm. but i don't think they're doing that again so at the minute i don't really have anything aside from maybe the one in November. Um, but it's something that I'm trying i my my goal for this year was to try and do more conventions, and then I just missed out on so many of them because just they all got booked so fast yeah, like yeah. so many people are just applying for them, so that will be the goal for next year is to apply for more. <laughs> <laughs> are
0: you um, are you going to any just like as a uh, general point.
1: at the minute I may be thinking about. Uh, the other Glasgow Comic Con, the, the MCM one, oh, yeah. but um, it just depends on what schedule's like. Mm. Um, and working on graphic novel stuff takes a lot out of you. <laughs> <laughs> it
0: takes about a large bit of your time. Right, what about yourself?
2: I, I don't have any tables planned, but I'm going to thought Bubble to spend all of my money. <laughs> it's like comic Christmas. Nice. So, oh, yes, nice. saving up pennies for that just now.
0: Cool. Are you just going for a day, or are you going for a little... I'm going Nice. Thing. <laughs> are you gonna go? Are gonna try and go to as many like talks and stuff as well?
1: Um,
2: yes. Like usually I don't because usually we have a table, so I'm usually tethered to the table. Mm. But yes, I will be more free to go to things.
0: Take advantage as much as as much yeah. as possible. <laughs> just anything's going. I'm there. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you both reading just now?
2: I knew this question would come up so I prepared for this. Oh, did you? Um, oh. Yesterday I read Homunculus by Joe Sparrow, which oh, is out amazing. the last short box, and short box is like the best publisher just now, yes. and they've just put up pre-orders for box nine today, and I've already pre-ordered it because it's amazing.
0: Joe Sparrow's? Like
2: he's, the thing about short boxes is they keep getting my favourite people like the because Joe Sparrow's one of my favourite comic people and mm-hmm. they had Emily Carroll and Rosemary Valero Connell as well and it's just like people I follow and then it's in short box and it's like, well I have to buy that now. So
0: <laughs> Joe Sparrow's doing like the tarot cards thing as well. Yes. Yeah, that's I conference so at home.
2: Oh, they're beautiful. Oh my god. <laughs>
0: so jealous. I always yes. see them come up with the King of Cups and Something he like did well.
2: with his partner. They did this like Dungeons and Dragons kind of bestiary, but their own bestiary. And I can, yes, oh, I can sorry. take them up from Thought Bubble if you want to put in a couple of orders with me. Oh hell yeah!
0: We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll touch. Yeah, we'll talk about that. So I'm doing business with you. <laughs> what about yourself? What are you reading? Um,
1: I'm not reading a lot at the minute. I'm keeping up with one manga. Um, which is Land of the Lustrous, which everybody knows about from my Twitter, because I do nothing but draw it whenever I have a primo. <laughs> um, which is by Haruko Ichikawa, and it's about... It's sort of like a post-apocalyptic world where like the, the world has basically just like reset itself, so now mm-hmm. you've got um, these living beings which are made entirely of different gemstones, um, and they have their teacher, and they basically just have to fight these... Uh, creatures that come from the moon called the Lunarians, which are basically just trying to shatter them and take them away because they like they like shiny things. So okay. um, that is currently, I think chapter 70 is going to come out soon, and uh, it's pretty dark. It's it's getting it's getting pretty dark. So I'm keeping up with that one. Uh, the only other thing is mon- on Monday I just stopped by Waterstones because um, I was trying desperately to find internet anywhere. It was a nightmare, but I basically ended up in Waterstones because I had to wait for a bus, and um, uh, I found an art book by Sui Ishida, who draws another manga that I really liked until the plot got a bit weird, Um, but (laughs) he does amazing digital paintings, and Mm -hmm. there was an art book, it just, they happened to have it in Waterstones, and I'd been looking for it for years, just because every time I looked at ordering it online the shipping was quite expensive mm. and then it just happened to be there on this day I was having a rubbish day and I was just <laughs> like this is mine now <laughs> so, um, but his comments on it are so funny like he he's very Japanese about it like he's hes very matter of fact with mm. like I did this illustration for this whatever uh, <laughs> and, and, and like he do, he even says at the back like he doesn't really think too much like after he's done a piece that's it he kind of just doesn't think about it anymore and that's like a very that's like how the manga work ethic when it comes to like making the comics kind of works like once you're done with something you just have to be done with it and move on to the next thing because your schedule's so tightly packed but there was a a lot of them that were like again because he works digitally like i do i can relate to a lot of the stuff he's saying so it's like uh i just finished this illustration and then my computer uh the program just shut down and it reset everything right back to the sketch and I was like, no, it was a dark day that day. And it, it's just—it's so perfectly written, just as a tiny comment next to this fabulous illustration that he's clearly had to redo yeah. from scratch. And uh, it's just great. I'm so glad that I found it that day because it, it was just like, yes, this is, this is exactly
2: what I needed. <laughs> what um, are you reading just
0: now? Oh God, what was I last reading? The last thing I read was... Craig Thompson's Ross Geller uh, zine. Oh, um, man. <laughs> oh, uh, I think I know about that one. Yeah. yeah, oh, God, that was so funny. It's just loads of Ross Geller quotes from friends, but with little illustrations that go along with them. And they're all like weird, like occult sacrificial lamb type stuff <laughs> and everything that go along with all these little quotes, like. um when he's saying like
1: my sandwich and stuff like that. I hope Pivot is in there.
0: Somewhere. Yes, it is. It yes. is. <laughs> uh, there's a whole bit. There's a whole bit that's just like uh, on on the front page and back page. It's um, l- just like little tiny doodles, um, and I'm sure it's one of them. It's just like a splin half sofa, and it just has a big <laughs> massive ball right <writing>, there. Like, pivot. <laughs> um, aside from that, um, I was reading. Sammy Boras's um newest hourly comic for two thousand and eighteen, I think. Um where it's the first one she hasn't actually done it. She hasn't actually done it on the day, she did it the next day. Because mm. she was so busy, she's written in the back of it like feel really guilty but feel so much better for having actually done it um in my own time kind of thing and not stress myself out about it. Um but I like her. She's got a really nice style and our 24-hour uh, comics, like all our, our, our slots are always like, I don't know, they just feel really nicely paced and um, she gets a lot in and just such a small, tiny little thing. I mean, it's only about that size or something. And it's only a few tiny, tiny pages, but it's really, really well thought out.
2: I really like her in King's style.
0: Oh, it's, just, it's, it's so nice. Yeah. Um... And are we like I don't even play Splatoon, but like yeah. all of our little Splatoon doodles and everything are just amazing. Um, yeah, she's she's fantastic. That was picked. That was one of the two of the things I asked to grab me from um, Glasgow. Aside uh, <sighs> from that, I don't think much else. Um, oh, I read my friend Anna for forever oh. last podcast. We need to read that. We read that. Oh, I love that book. <laughs> I absolutely love it. Um, what have you been reading
3: just now actually? I've been reading Steve Ditko. Since, <laughs> since, he, since he died I, was, I wanted to do a blog you post. You were the first
2: person that I thought of. When
3: yeah. I thought of. <laughs> well I, I did a blog post and had a bunch of I used to like to pick pages from comics, the ones I grew up reading, so I don't give you like, here's the official story of Steve Ditko, then he did this, and then he did that, and then he did that. I just give you all the ones I read, you know, so it's kind of personal. Well, I've kind of been stuck in that for a week or so since, just, uh, yeah, Steve Ditko, rest in peace. Do you know, rereading the, the, his Spider-Man stuff, his Spider-Man stuff is kind of, kind of the best, you yeah. know. it's not fair to say it but really they should have stopped it when he finished that would have been such a great book Spider-Man by Stanley and Steve Ditko can you all get it? oh yeah you can get it but then there's all this decades worth of you know (laughs) know, whereas it would have been this great 60s comic yeah and rereading that stuff I noticed something I'd never really noticed before which is he starts off at school but then he leaves you know he kind of grows up Mm. You know, Steve Ditko had him kind of. He did get more. It's in the story that he gets more confident, and he's, you know. But then they had to bend that to keep the character the same. Where does Where does his run finish? Thirty-eight. Right. Okay. But issue thirty-eight, and that annual is brilliant. That's one of the best. The Sinister Six. Oh, is that that? Yeah. yeah. I still remember. I was rereading through that, and I was remembering the excitement. When I was a kid, of reading that, you know, because I had them all in it, and you had to fight them all one by one. And you got a big splash page of, of them fighting each, and I, I cut them out and put them on the wall when I was a kid, you know. Nice. And th- and then I took them off the wall, and then started them back. Out. <laughs> so so I've got these pages that have more brown than all the rest of them. And you know, this tatty old comic is is my. I'm keeping this, you know. I don't want an upgraded copy. Oh, you know. good. But Ditko's a good storyteller, you know. Mm. I can't say anything about Ditko, you don't know already. So,
0: you said you were on Etsy?
1: Uh, yeah, I'm on a, a whole bunch of things. Okay. Um, so, my I post a lot of art on Twitter, uh, which is at Owl Roost art. Um, So there's that. My website is just Um I usually keep those fairly up to date. Um, obviously the Kickstarter for Nasty Girls is soon. That's August 10th we've got for that one. So cool. you can find Nasty Girls on Facebook to keep up with that. And there should be some character profiles coming out soon on the main four girls which I've been working on. Um, yeah, otherwise, uh, read <laughs> <laughs> Uh And yeah, my Etsy is usually linked on uh, both, of the, both Twitter and uh, my
2: site. So you can find the issues there. Awesome, cool. Rebecca, where can everybody um, keep up to date with you? All of my comics are available to read for free on my website, which is RebeccaWerner.com dot com. Um, <laughs> I'm <laughs> I'm on Twitter at Reekus and Instagram at bleakus. Cool. Yeah.
0: Awesome. David, where can everybody keep up to date with you? We never we never say that. Just Just Google Friday Comics. Yeah. I don't think we've said where everybody can keep up to date with you since about episode 6 and we're now on we're bored in saying that at the end <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> comics, yeah. yeah
1: just um, call out into the street He'll
0: yeah <laughs> Comics brilliant well mm-hmm. thank you very much folks it was very kind of you to thanks for
1: week having weekend. us
0: to send us any comments or questions or just to say hello you can reach us by email at thatcomicsmell at gmail.com we're also available on Instagram and Twitter at Smell. share the podcast with your friends and followers, we're available on YouTube, SoundCloud and iTunes and don't forget to rate review and subscribe thanks for listening our music is by Chart Smasher, aka John Adam. You can find John on Twitter at JoniDam, and you can buy the track
3: Dial on Bandcamp.